All right, man. You want to get started? Yeah, you're good. Okay, welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Today, I'm joined with Matthew Murin. Matt, how would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, well, everyone wants to say Matt Murin. That's like the big. Uh, a lot of people have like one one word names, but for some reason, my whole life, people like to say Matt Murin. So whatever <laughs> you want to address me like that, like I say, at least half the people I know address me like that. So. <laughs> Nice, man. As a yeah, well, I, I have that too. Like a lot of people call me Brian Sang instead yeah. of just Brian. Yeah. Like it's fine. I don't I don't mind. <laughs> but you're continue, sorry. Oh, that's uh that's about it for the name. I mean like uh I guess like who I am. Um I know you from high school. We've known each other since you were a freshman in high school. I was just, I was a sophomore at the time. And we pretty much have just been doing almost the same thing, if not the same things for years now. So We've just been, uh, been in touch for everything from like high school drumline to uh, we were in engineering class together. Was that TSA, the uh, the, competitive, yeah. the competitive thing we made a song TSA with? TSA in high school. Yeah. yeah. There's that. that. Nice. And you went off the drum corps then, and then I went out a year or two after you, and we've just been doing different drum corps, then the same drum corps. <laughs> <laughs> True. Then we split up again, and then we met up at Penn State when we, when you came to Penn State. You did Blue Band Drumline. I did Blue Band Drumline. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. It really is crazy. Yeah. Like, how many years it's been. Oh, we still... also did Penn State Harrisburg together. Penn State Harrisburg. You, you, would, you would give me rides to Penn State Harrisburg. <laughs> yep, there's that too. Yeah. yeah, man. All right, man. Well, what are you doing now? What's your current life about? Current life? Well, um... For the longest time it was drums, and I had to reevaluate myself entirely and say, what, what exactly what I do? What do I want to do? So I decided that I'm going to save up a ton of money and pay for my way through school. Like, you know, saw a lot of people take the loans out. And it, for me, I feel the most secure doing it by myself, paying my own way. And it's a longer path. So, but it, it's, it's one that I feel will put me in a really good spot when I graduate. Mm, you know? Nice. So are you going to school right now? Yeah, first time in two years taking currently one class while working a full time schedule at a job. So it's it's a different pace from what anything else I've ever done really. But yeah, um, for sure. It's what are you somewhere. doing? Sorry, what are you doing with your job right now? Like, what is that full time job? So my full time job uh, job right now is working with a computer company. Um, they're like they do all kinds of IT solutions. They have different like divisions or whatever. Whatever. But what I currently do is. Um, we open Chromebooks for schools and we put on the software that the school uses to control them. Um, so these are like tons and tons, tons and tons of computers, especially with the the pandemic and the federal the federal like assistance for schools to buy more book Chromebooks and stuff. There is tons and tons of work to be done with that and setting mm-hmm. up setting up equipment for schools so that they can do remote learning or just more technical learning stuff. Yeah, there. So, like high schools right now, or I guess most schools are doing remote learning. So, are you still like what? What's the deal with that? How are you setting up the Chromebooks for them? Is it in the actual building? Yeah, that you're so setting these up. It is in a warehouse, unfortunately. Um, but it's just the space that we work in. Um, we have, all we do. It's not very. It's actually not very super technical for this particular like thing that we do, which is Chromebooks. But it's literally just opening Chromebooks up doing this like process, the second process to like get the software on, whether it be updating um, Chrome OS and then um, signing into uh, their like their school enterprise stuff. In, in, like, yeah, okay, I see. Yeah. So you, you work more like you, you guys deal with like the software that's kind of in the like the setup for the school um, software. 
yeah, I don't yeah. think that made sense, but it, it does. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely okay, go cool. to the software side. They do also go into schools during the summertime for an outbound team and install stuff like the smart boards, um, mm. the, like the, the data systems and all that. Like each school IT department only has so much that they can handle. So they're more or less just subcontracting out like these large projects that only like a few guys could never, they could never get done basically. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what, what class are you taking? Um, I'm taking more of a stager kind of class. I'm taking staff 401, which is experimental statistics where mm. you learn how to, um, you know, the, the, learn the basis of t- uh, statistics, but also learn the uh, coding language R to assist you. Uh-huh. And like, yeah. So it's like a, different few different things just a regular statistics class yeah but, statistics was really rough for me <laughs> like really was, yeah i well i took um electrical engineering version of it but i heard that all statistics classes are pretty tough to grasp yeah um, that's a great way to describe it honestly yeah it, um, like the probability stuff and all of that i just i just wasn't good at it yeah um yeah i don't know but hopefully, I don't. I hope you're not getting like too discouraged by like the remote learning aspect of it. Um, yeah, it it definitely. When I went into it, I was intimidating because you know, of course, when it all started, everyone's like, "It's terrible." Like the teachers don't know how to teach. Like they have never had to try to teach like that, so it was new for everyone. But it does seem now, like going into it, that it's a lot more refined of a system. Mm, um, that's good. And also it is nice, like there is this, like the whole like working from home thing. Like when you're at a computer by yourself, like sure, like getting not, not either not motivated or just getting off track is a lot easier. But at the same time, if you really set up your, your feng shui, like your, your living environment mm. well, then you really set yourself up for success to be focused, you know? Yeah, true. Do you think you have a good setup right now? A good feng shui, as you put it? <laughs> I think I think so. I, I have changed it a few times. Like, uh, you know, when I started, like, with a computer, it was more of a gaming setup. So, like, you know, like, it's, it's you know, it's it's not, definitely not school-related. But when I when I moved back home this winter, I got a two-monitor setup that I can have one large PDF document on the right and then also, like, a large widescreen where I can split that in half and be working from, like, a Zoom call where I have, like, R set up, then I have the slide set up. And I, it just, it all works really well for its remote learning, at least. Nice, at least I feel it, it does. Yeah, that definitely the environment plays a role in like um, how productive you are and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Or, or what, what, what's your opinion of your current life right now? Like, is this, is this cool? Like, do you want to keep moving in this direction? Well, what I had to come to terms with myself and like really decide like what is my opinion on life a lot of times, especially with it, I've been changing my life a lot in the past four years or so. Um, right. My opinion now is not necessarily like I definitely don't have a job that I want to do the rest of my life. and But I accept now that it is something that gives me flexible hours for school, which is perfect. Um, yeah. They don't like require a certain number of hours or a certain time, really. So again, like that all works out. It isn't like too off topic. Like I do enjoy computers, so it's somewhat related. And there's a lot of similar people around me. So as far as the job, I'm pretty okay with my with my with my life when, in terms of that. School, I'm taking one class that is like over a stager class, you know, where it's not too deep into it, but it's definitely a good way to get get my like my teeth in, you know. Yeah. So, but but um, really, where I get my opinion is just that I'm going somewhere. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like I'm on a direct track 
but yeah, yeah. the actual motion is more than most people I know right. can really feel good about, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Heck yeah. yeah. Besides just the workload, what's what do you think the biggest difference between when you first went to school versus now coming back to school? Like, is there a mentality difference? Um, I get, yeah, I, I definitely would say so. Um, when, when I was in my earlier classes, like my first two years, like there, there were plenty of hard classes I had to get through where I had to like, really like, you know, work a lot with, mm -hmm. um, but like, I was always trying to figure out like a good method to do it. Like driving 40 minutes to school is, although it, it has its, its drawbacks, it does kind of force you to be there more often. Like you can't really escape unless you try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like being productive is a lot easier. I felt when I went to Penn State, Maine, like it was a lot easier to just kind of be at my like my house and not be. I don't know. It I, a lot of people find success, for instance, of like staying on campus, but for some reason, I found it e too easy to come home and then lose productivity. So then it changed. You know that I was less successful at school, and now that it's online, it's almost too convenient not to be there. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. It, you don't Even, really have an excuse. Yeah, there's just there's no way to rationalize getting out of it simply. <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah. that's like that's like the starter. That's like the get, getting my first step out. But as far as like how I approach school, like when I'm listening in, hmm, I think I have a better system just in place where um, I know like what I need to take notes on, what I do and don't know, how to reference if like the like the the list of the material and be like, well, I don't need to make a note on it but I know where to find it. So I'll write down where to find it. And when I go back through and I have a list of all the topics needed to be known and where to find more information on it. Nice. And that, compared to just yeah. like writing down whatever the heck in class and just relearning it again and not having a way of what you don't know what you don't know, you know, or yeah, what you don't know yeah, right. doesn't exist. So right. I guess in that okay, way. Cool. Yeah. All right. Taking kind of a left turn. Yeah. Why did you do drum corps? Why did you get into drum corps? How did you get into drum corps? Why All did that. I drum? <laughs> That's a loaded question, Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a really loaded question. Um, For sure. Well, there's a lot of different sides to it. And like, I guess I'll, I'll go back a little bit before I even made the decision of drum corps. Like, describe who I am, why, why I even was attracted to it. Because plenty of people look at it and say, that's cool and they don't want to do it. Yeah, sure. But what really brought me to it was before I got in the marching band, I really wasn't doing much with my life. You know, I'm like a very normal kid just playing games and all that. But like, and as far as having like a bigger thing to care about, like being a part of something, I never really had that. You know, I never did sports. I never, I was in band, but I didn't really care about it. It was like thing I just kind of showed up to. Mm -hmm. And I got in the marching band and it was like a place to go, people to hang out with, like more people to hang out with, just like something to get better at something to to hone in on you know games or something like are there's plenty of games that you can get better at like league or overwatch or anything like Carcon. yeah yeah but it's not unless you're going competitive what are you working at you know it's just it's just a way to pass time and yeah when i got into march event i found this thing that i could really enjoy and get better at and i and, and i like an, addi I have like an addictive personality it just it just hooked on <laughs> really well and right away nice. I like just kind of like my attitude towards it. I found this drum corps thing. Like I believe it was in my first band camp, my first experience in band and Santa Clara Vanguard showed up to my, to our high school. Um, 
that summer, I think in July or something, late season. And I had never gone out and see things, seen really cool things like that. I didn't go to many concerts, you know, but like yeah. to see these guys just out there working hard, just like producing this incredibly hype thing, this this performance on a field, like I don't know, it just it appealed to all like this be a part of this, be a part of something that I've been missing. You nice. know? Yeah, and that's cool. I mean, I sucked at that point, man. I, I, there was, I was terrible. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like put on cymbals because I couldn't play bass drum or snare drum mm. or hell. A year before that, I couldn't play a triangle in time. <laughs> like, that's like, crazy, man. Yeah, so I was starting from nothing, right? Basically, I was like, damn, like that's awesome. But that's yeah, no, I, I remember um, we were in like a seventh, eighth grade band together because we mm. both played percussion, and I yeah. remember, I remember you actually, and I was like. <laughs> This game is so bad. Yeah, dude. I didn't want to even hit the drum. It was terrible. Oh, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then now you're like this totally amazing drummer, dude. <laughs> what I, a come up. It's yeah, amazing. man. It was just a choice. It was really a choice that like, this is what I want to do. This is really what makes like, this is something I can really improve on. This is something I wanna, I'm going to spend my time doing. And how, remember that first drum pad I got? I would just sit at like my little desk and like, my room turn some like music on back then i didn't spotify i'd set cds from my, like around my house from my parents mm. like <laughs> like 80s rock you know like nice. things that yeah we wouldn't really want to listen to but it's something so i just sit there and play <laughs> just eighth notes or some or something random be like how do i get better at this like what can i learn but you know what can i what can i take in and it just kind yeah. of it just went out of, out of out of control i guess from there that's awesome though yeah, yeah. it's nice to have like um like a hobby like that where you can just really get lost in it you know yeah like really finding a passion it you just totally get lost in it um yeah so back to your original question why did i do drum corps well i let i tell my parents like hey like one of this audition at jersey surf i think it was my junior year and like i even made a video and sent it to them and i said uh i, I got a, i got a call back back then and i would have gone to a camp my mom and dad were like uh we don't want to drive you out there and just leave you there <laughs> like like mm. one of the more typical things parents say when they're like, yeah, I, this marching band thing's great, but let's do this in another, in another state. <laughs> like okay. they're like, the, they're, their heads go crazy. They're like, Oh my God, like this is, yeah. uh, right. we're not going to let you do that. So I'm like, God oh, damn. All right. Uh, <laughs> and then a few months later, um, a friend of both of ours that both got us involved in the drum corps, John Miller. You know, uh, ever, yeah. yeah. I love, yeah. Like I love John. He, he was graduated at that time. He was a, like I believe two years older than I was, and he was he went to the Caballeros, and he was um, auditioning there, and things were going well. And he's like, they needed a few more spots, so he asked me and Evan Martin if we wanted to audition for snare drum. And I was like, this could really be something. This could really happen. Like this is I don't leave for a whole summer and disappear from my family. Like I could get a, get out. Like the logistics just worked out well. Yeah, the weekend band. The, yes, <laughs> incredibly more convenient than the DCI model for sure. Right, right. Um, I, I learned the packet for the most part. I think I had a week or two to learn as much as I could. Went out there, spent half my time on a pad because I didn't even know the notes. But they, but Grant Butters, the snare tech at the time, was pretty understanding, and he could see that I knew how to play the drum decently, I guess, enough. And he, mm. you know, hey, come back again, learn the packet, did it, did it again. Because uh, I think I don't know if John with John Miller was helping me out there, but the logistics again working out went back again, and it just it, I got a spot, and that was how it started. Dude, nice. 
And your last season of Drum Corps was 2018, 2019? 2019, yeah. Nice. As a section leader of the Reading Buccaneers, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Not so right what, what were like the major differences from, between your first year of Drum Corps with the Caballeros and your last year with the Reading Buccaneers? Man, I could we could go on forever about that. I mean, yeah, actually, let me let me specify that a little bit. What were some yeah. differences um, within yourself? Within that, myself, yeah, just that. I it's still pretty broad, but it's, it yeah, still just, is. Yeah. Just go for it. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, uh, start with this. Let's start with sheer confidence. Like when you know when you're really like a kid auditioning, obviously, like you have no confidence. Like I mean, like not yeah. many people do. Not many people do. There are still those beasts out there that show up to a, a blue coat audition or, or whatever and just kill it. And they're just <laughs> stone faced getting it, you know? But for, for me, sure. I wasn't very confident by the time I was like a section leader at Reading, but for at that point, my second year being section leader, I just showed up and did the thing. It was just background knowledge, you know, mm. um, that doesn't, that, that didn't, although like there was a constant that got me through all of it in that, that, there's always something else to learn with it. Like every year, no matter where I was or any or anything, it was never the same. Like like my ad like the attitude of like I got it that I have something to get better at was always there on so many yeah. levels, from like the drumming to, to like to like how I like communicate with people to like like you know, it's all about communication in drumline. Like, yeah, for sure. In every in every way. Like there was always something to improve. Or like for me, like I mean, hell, I was like a like a um a mad rookie at cabs the second year i was still a high school kid i still just graduated high school i'm basically still like i'm as our vet but i was still like a rookie in some ways age-wise mm. yeah I, the next year i uh, went to reading it was I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm back on like i'm a score one again you know whole new technique <laughs> everything but like i guess what kept kept me going through it is that again like there's something else to learn and as you master one thing there's just more and more and more to go to so no nah. I totally felt that too as going through my years of marching like like you said there's always something to get better at i thought i was such a great cymbal player um my senior year of high school i thought i was the shit yeah like, amazing and then um my last year of dci or doing organ crusaders i realized like i'm so far behind compared to the other cymbal players like i can't do any of these visuals and it yeah. was just like a super humbling experience because like yeah, my man. technique was like pretty good, <laughs> but yeah. I, I was just lacking in so many other ways that it didn't even matter. But Dude, I, yeah, uh, right there, that topic that you're saying is I think a massive, massive thing that so many people could just be, I won't say better at, but the world could go, could improve faster if they, mm. if they had that humbleness throughout everything they do. No matter what level you are, there's always another level above it. Even if you are yeah. the top of the pack, it, you like to be innovative. You are at that point. You are the innovator. There is still more to be done. You know that's true. You, you're the light. You're like the light that is guiding everyone else. And if you don't go anywhere, like then the rest of the activity doesn't either. So no matter where where you are, having a humble mind, I always felt like was was important. And I come. I had to fight myself on that. Like that is a human nature thing. I think to have ego. Yeah, you know, I think so too. I think I mean, there's so many people that get lost in it. Um, that don't that once that once they have that like over controlling ego, they don't get much better. But uh, but yeah. Okay. I mean, how, yeah. how about this? Um, 
I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your leadership experience with the Buccaneers. Okay. Um, do you have any, like, uh, let's start with this. What was your proudest moment of being a leader for the Reading Buccaneers? My proudest moment. I, I will tell you right now, it was never, it was never at finals. Um, not that we weren't ever successful at finals. Like, sure, we won. We we won tr- like the drum trophy twice. We we won first place twice overall. Like, that's never really the most proud moment. I never I never got emotional, especially when I was by the time I was a leader. I never mm-hmm. really cared much about it. What I cared most about was that the people underneath me were given enough keys to success to do what they wanted. Something that I never really had the opportunity for. Um. I was not given a great financial situation. Like I, I wanted to be the DCI. I mean, who doesn't, you know, and just with my, my cards I had, I never had that. And I never had that ability. And that sure. A lot of the kids that come through running when I was there, they all, they're all wide eyed. They want to learn the right things. I wanted to make sure that they were given not necessarily technique tools, not necessarily marching tools, not this like whatever information, like you can like learning information. You're going to do it the rest of your life. There's never an end. But yeah. what I really wanted to make sure was that they were given the right uh, self-analytical tools, like the humble tool, you know, like all these other like other self-improvement tools that they could go on and, and use that to go audition at cadets, go audition at Crown, really do what they wanted to do. And so yeah. like that's not a thing you get at finals. That's a thing you get a year, two years, three years down the line when when uh currently half of the half of the united snare line is is um reading buccaneers people who made reading um heck yeah i believe how many was it three three bucks were in the gmu snare line when i went to gmu like that's that's when i that's when i find what was the or i guess the most satisfaction i guess or like the yeah like, yeah i that mean that what, counts like i that's kind of what I was kind of looking for, I guess. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a it's like a fathering. Uh, that's kind of like a having kids <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Like, yeah, that's that's the most satisfaction I've ever had. No, yeah, never, dude, that's, never that's in the moment. Awesome. Heck yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one of my proudest moments of being a leader was definitely in Jersey Surf. It wasn't any one specific moment. Mm-hmm. Well, there there are moments that were memorable that I was like, yeah, I did the right thing there. <laughs> But it's really just like the, um, like the outcome of my kids that I'm like the most proud of. Yeah. Just the way that they hold themselves and conduct themselves when it doesn't even matter, like when no one's looking. And yeah, it's just like being a decent person when you don't have to be. Yes. And that yes. that's like the best thing for me. My favorite part, at least, about mm-hmm. teaching and about leadership. Yeah, and it's it's not even about like if the audience thinks we're good or not. It's just like, okay, um, what do the people that are under my leadership think of me? <laughs> Which yeah. is kind of selfish, but you know, it's it's what I genuinely feel mm-hmm. and what I'm genuinely trying to like. Um, what's the word? I don't know. I want them to respect me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, right, cool. Um, how about how about this? What are your thoughts on indoor? Like GMU, because you only did WGI for one year. Yeah, or I, I guess <laughs> less than a year. If you, you go ahead and talk about it, really, yeah. Um, it's interesting. It was after doing DCA for six years, and I say that with like a oh god, six years. Um, more than most people do. Going on to do anything else 
is difficult. It is that confidence is gone. It is a to- totally new thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, so and my general thoughts about indoor, it is, it is really cool for what it is. Like it, it really is nice to be able to perform in a completely different setting than like the, than the outdoor phase. And, um, just learn a whole new way, uh, like a whole new game. I call, I call, I call like, and this is this can be taken a lot of different ways. I call like all the all these different things that we choose to do like games. Like you can choose to do it the best, or you can choose to do it leisurely. But it's a whole it's a whole different thing each time. Like not not one you don't have a certain key to success that will work for everything. Yeah, and it's it's just about cracking that code to be like, how can I do this the best? You know. So yeah, man. That's um, that's pretty interesting that you say that indoor was like a whole different game after doing six years of DCA, because mm-hmm. I totally felt the same way when I did United in mm-hmm. 2018. I was just like, dude, I, I am a total rookie. Like, I don't know anything about this indoor scene. Like, everything that I knew was just so specific towards outdoor, towards DCA, like the playing style. Um, the mannerisms of indoor were so so different than outdoor yeah but um i don't know i i really um after my wgi season i really appreciated um just wgi in general like i appreciated a lot more um just because when i was a performer i honestly didn't really like my experience i i i liked watching the shows and watching the people do the thing way more than I liked actually doing it. Yeah. But there there are a number of reasons for that. But um yeah, I don't know. How about you? Like do you think you enjoyed performing more than um watching indoor shows? Um that's a great question. I well uh it was once I had gotten to a point that I felt like I knew what like what I was doing, I had like a like a pathway to like the end game, and I knew that I was doing the right thing. That's when I really enjoyed myself. There's a mm. period of time where I'm like, okay, this is a whole new thing. I have to treat it differently. I have to change everything. And like you're like deep in the trenches. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. not that like that. That is what I enjoy about all of it. So like I can't say I didn't enjoy it. But there is this like the, there's a level of confidence I had for so long that once it got thrown off, I definitely did not necessarily say like for a few months there like that i was good that i could like not relax but look around a little bit and enjoy what was happening you know uh, yeah no I, I know what you mean like, like yeah I, I don't like be in the present and you can actually like hang with the the pace that yeah. you're moving at i don't yeah. think i ever got to that point <laughs> so that's that might be why i like I, I felt like I was walking on eggshells the entire season. It was just yes. like a really scary dynamic um, just within the symbol line. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I, it's kind of interesting is that like a lot of programs that are successful, the, the members that are in it don't seem to ever have that feeling. And that could be down for like the individual, the individual mm-hmm. and, how they, and how their performance is going through all of it and how they know what to do versus maybe the staff and how they approach the, like the members, like, there's always yeah. a, a fire to be lit under people, and I think that the way they take it will determine their success in the end. But I don't. I think sometimes that they, they n- not much anymore. This is more of an older problem. 
But when staff create an environment that you are always on eggshells, yeah, sure, you're 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 gonna promote growth through like, hey, there's a fire under your butt, get moving. But at the same time, you can break someone's confidence. You can break someone's yeah. their their want to do it anymore because of that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's, I, yeah. that's just terrible. Like I. I would never want that for anyone. I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable yeah. um, in their hobby. You know what I mean? For sure. But, yeah. So um, how do you feel about Blue Band then? <laughs> when I joined Blue Band after doing WGI, DCI, mm-hmm. it was just like such a, not really a cakewalk, but I I don't really know how to describe it. How about you give you give me your thoughts first on Blue Band? Oh, uh, well, first thought, and before I get into this, because I I won't I I think I'm going to say a lot of n- what sound like negative things, but really don't matter as much. I'm more nitpicking uh-huh. topic, okay. but I love Blue Band. I love what it stands for. I I love just being around a lot of people that are similar to me. They don't have to be like this hardcore like we're here to always kick ass mode. Like it's not what it's about. It's about <laughs> raising the song for the school, you know, mm. performing. It's what it really is. Yeah. And um, that being said, I love blue band. The only time I think I ever really truly got frustrated because of course there's always that, that happens when you're like change to a more relaxed band environment when you're doing something for so long in a more, in a more, <laughs> I want to say hostile, but it's not hostile. It's just like, there's just, more production happening yeah you know, there's a, you're moving at a, a fast pace and there's just yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> i guess being in an environment where drum corps is about self-improvement 100 percent of the time to blue band where you're there more to enjoy it you're there to learn a show you're there to do all these other things but it's not based around self-improvement all the time and one of the things that I think comes with self-improvement is an environment where, the, where, and I won't say, I'm not going to say leadership because that's not, a, a, that sounds like I'm, I'm calling some, some, someone specifically out. It's just that anyone above you in the chain of any command, whether it be the teacher in front of you to the administrator, giving the teacher the ability to teach is a level of self-accountability to, to make sure that the people underneath you are set up with success to do their jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for Blue Band, the logistics on the matter are insane. Like I, I will not take that. It's probably one. It's one of the hardest things in all band to get three hundred more or more people and a staff of however many and the admin and then the budget and to get it all to work quickly and efficiently. And like you have a show to learn in one week, just to get to that end goal, um, there's going to be a lot of things that go wrong. Of course, especially when you change yeah. leadership every year. You have new seniors every year. Be having to communicate that to, to however many senior senior leaders there are, incredibly difficult. Right. But I right. wish I all I could say is that my my biggest gripe with Blue Band would just be the multiple times where you are not set up for success. You know, mm. being able being able to give someone the choice to to do well is is very important. Whether or not that's like the ultimate goal in the end, but like, you know, the environment to flourish is important. So yeah, for sure. I think Blue Band was like a, I say this a lot, but I think it was a second chance for me because in high school, I just, I knew I was good, uh, like better than the other, the other students. And I just ran with it. I didn't have anyone to kind of hone my ability or just kind of 
give me guidance, I guess. Yeah. But when I come around Blue Band or when Blue Band came around, I had all I had way more experience. I, I did DCA. I taught high school for two years or two mm-hmm. seasons. I did indoor. I did DCI, and it was just this chance for me to like really. I don't know, figure out what I liked about band. Because after that DCI season, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, it's over. I didn't even realize that I was going to do blue band. It was just like, literally on a whim, (laughs) which was nice. And, And I realized that, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to play drums. Like, I'm not good at this. And the other rookies are probably on the same level, if not better than me. Mm-hmm. So I really just took that and it was similar to my experience at Oregon Crusaders, how I felt like my cymbal playing abilities were below par compared to my teammates and I needed to catch up. Yeah. So I, I really didn't feel any sort of like, um, what's the word? Like I didn't feel any arrogance over them. No, it's like I didn't feel like I was on a higher level than the other rookies. Yes. Even though I was hanging out with like all of the upperclassmen and I was like super goofy. Mm-hmm. Like I that was just me. That was just who I wanted to be. Yeah. Not because like I wanted to um I don't know what the word is. Yeah, I'm having a, f- a hard time articulating my words right now, but you I, know what I mean. I'm sure you know what I mean. <laughs> let me like I guess I, I'll expand on this because I do feel very, very similarly. And for for me, it was it gave me like being in drum corps you have to give up the individual in the individual in you a lot to just accept what it's going to be and then run with it at the best right. you can right blue yeah. band was so much more about being you you show up to practice and just get to be you and like and really enjoy band as you're there really to enjoy the the experience you know mm-hmm. um and like taking out all of this like mental energy on like i mean i won't say self improvement but just like totally buying into what's being given all the time. Uh, it does change the pace a lot and it gets you really to enjoy like what you're doing and also really to enjoy like the people around you too. Not that DCI yeah. doesn't, you obviously have the chance the whole right. summer, but it's just a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you get into blue band? How did I get into blue band? Well, I went there as a junior. Uh, I think my first two years, I went to Harrisburg with you. <laughs> Um, but when I, I was doing the Ready Buccaneers in 2017, it was like my fourth season of band, a drum corps, I should say. And I was like, we were marching. I, yeah, we were both marching with Hunter Limblade and he was mm. at Penn state, Maine and he was doing blue band. And for the longest time when I was in high school and doing drum corps, I told myself going to Penn state, I don't think I'll ever do blue band. Uh, it's not, it's just the, the, the lower pace, the slower pace of everything. Right. It's something I didn't necessarily want. Right, which I don't know why. It's just it's a stigma that most people think that they that they're above it or something. And yeah, especially with drum corps people. Yes, and and to say that I didn't fall for that would be I'd be lying. Like and same same here, man. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and that's and that's ridiculous. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. It's not about it's it's not drum corps, man. It's you're there to enjoy a different experience. You know, yeah. like you're not going you're not going to South America to enjoy an Italian vista. Okay. Right. For like, sure. It's a different trip. It's a different. It's a different experience. Um, yeah. So, uh, he he was just saying like when you come come to Penn State, you're gonna do blue band. Like we're like hang out and do all kinds of cool stuff. I'm like yeah, that sounds incredibly awesome. Just just going to go do <laughs> band and just 
be yourself and do whatever you not whatever you want but you know yeah way more you, you way have more a lot fun. more freedom than in in drum corps yeah it's just yeah it's i know awesome. what you mean all right kind of zooming out i'm gonna ask my favorite question yeah uh matt what is your greatest strength my greatest strength my greatest strength is when i get kicked down by the world i always want to get up now <laughs> to say that i always hate. had that yeah i uh I didn't have that forever. I, I, I learned that's what that's who I wanted to be. And I and I said that's what I want. I always want to be able to get back up and, and keep fighting. That's amazing. So, Heck yeah. yeah. Do you have an example you want to share? Like off what's, the top of your head? Off the top of my head. Um I don't want to use school for an example. That's because we already talked about it. Um <laughs> actually I can give you an example of my like a recent experience I had with getting kicked down and getting back up. Yeah, if you don't mind, it's it's really funny. This past Monday, I went skiing for the first time ever. Nice, and yeah. dude, I was getting rocked, man. <laughs> I was yeah. falling so much, but um, so I went with my a group of my friends, two of us, like they were veterans. They've been doing this for years. Yeah, and then the other two, me and my other friend, it was our first time skiing for both of us, and. So we went down the bunny slope a couple times. Like, that was okay. We fell a couple times on that. But we were just, like, trying to learn how to steer and stuff. And then we took the ski lift up to, like, the main, like, the main easy trail, like, the main green circle type trail. Yeah. And it was so much steeper than the bunny trail. (laughs) And we just kept falling, man. It was rough. But, like, I eventually, I was starting to get the hang of it. Um, but my other friend, he was struggling so hard. Like, yeah, he he just had zero confidence. And mm-hmm. after he fell, like he'd get back up, and like everyone was waiting for him. And I I could tell that he was feeling like pretty um, what's the word? Pretty pressured. And he felt like he was holding everyone back. But yeah, um, like he he would keep getting back up, but. Once we got down to the bottom, like an hour later, <laughs> yeah. he just kind of sat there and we went up to do like another another trip down. Uh-huh. But he he ended up going home, like calling an Uber and leaving because he was just like so demoralized. I felt so like we felt so bad for him. Yeah. But after that, um, whenever I'd fall, I'd just be like, nah, but fuck that. Like yeah. I'm getting up as soon, as fast as possible. And yeah, it was, it was like, he was like a really good motivator for me, like his spirit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to get the most out of this experience for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, man. And that is, yeah. yeah. That is fantastic. So, Dude, honestly, man, when it comes, I mean, I also learned, I'm learning how to ski also this winter because, you know, COVID and skiing go well together. <laughs> the distance yeah. thing is, it works right. well. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, like literally a fall is a fall. It's so simple. It's just you it's so you're gonna get back up. You like you like there's only yeah. one way forward is to get back up. And um it dude, like even if you like, you know, hurt your knee, hurt her 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 this, you're always gonna recover. You're gonna you're gonna keep going on. So why not? Why <laughs> why not? It's, keep going? it's weird too. Like all of the falls are like um different different intensities. Like I had yeah. one fall that just really just fucked me (laughs) i like i was i was it took me like two minutes to get up and my friends were just watching me like dude 
that looks rough. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it was bad. Yeah. But yeah, the, the next couple days I was like, I was so sore, man. Like I was super sore, but mm. it was so much fun. I, I totally want to ski again. Like yeah. that, that experience is, was just like ingrained in my head. Kind of like if you play Tetris too much and you yeah. go to bed and you like close your eyes and you can see the Tetris blocks falling. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much like that, but for skiing with me. <laughs> yeah, man. Skiing is 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 an is an amazing amazing time. Like you, it's you're gonna fail so hard so often that like <laughs> it's just it's you gotta get up or else or else <laughs> you're on top of the mountain. You got yeah, you gotta get down somehow. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh to get off a little off topic. I I when I went out skiing, I, I was at Tussie Mountain at Penn State on the January first, twenty twenty one, starting the new the new year off right, right. Yeah. <laughs> We were we were going all day, and uh, I had plenty of hard falls that day. There was one pretty embarrassing one, but I won't get into that. Um, <laughs> there was there's one there's just one couple that you could blatantly see. I never they never skied. Neither one of them had ever skied before. <laughs> and you around this corner, like if, if, if you went to Tussie Mountain, you went is that where you went? By the way, yeah, that's where I went. Yeah, that bunny trail goes way off the side, and then zooms back the other way, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were we were they were at the very top of the hill where you could take a left and go straight down the bottom of the hill in the inner immediate one or you could go down the bunny hill they were at the very top of the mountain trying to like just stand up straight i believe for about two hours oh i felt terrible and it definitely wasn't like they weren't trying like they i'd seen them standing up with multiple people helping multiple times but they they were pretty they were pretty like hardcore about it they went for so damn long they just couldn't get it that one day but i I really hope that they keep get back out there but damn i felt bad i felt bad (laughs) uh word Okay, getting a little bit back on track. Can you yeah. think of an example of when you had a fall and you got back up? Yeah, so I I have a big one. It was probably the biggest moment in my life that I had to make to to get back up from and really decide where I was going. Um, I will get real with you for a second. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so it may take a minute. Sure. So when it was the summer of 2017 it was like fourth year drum corps our uh, we running buccaneers we were both there and at, i was transitioning from being home for two years of school and going up to penn state and uh i i was not on the best terms with my family at, the, at that point the family life wasn't that great i was just kind of like i need to get out of here go do school and do my own thing you know yeah and um so i go up to penn state when the season's over um and at that point, I think when I when I thought about myself, I thought about myself being like very good at self improvement. I like drum corps after four years had at least given me this idea of how to approach self improvement. I thought for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pretty like confident in myself in that way. And I go up to Penn State and I'm like I'm going to all my classes and stuff, and I kind of fell off this edge mentally where. I had learned basically, and I'll, I'll kind of keep it short. I had basically learned that the routine of being at home kind of kept me going um, in, in terms of like, uh, how do I be clear about this? Um, there was a routine to follow. And so my mental state would not necessarily rip me too far from go, like the school situation. Like, you know, I'm 45 minutes, you're there all day, all this stuff. When I get to Penn State, Maine, I'm kind of like, I kind of like become very distant from like my responsibilities I hmm. didn't get a job. I mean, I, I, I stepped the drumming stuff was by, by nature. I was just going along with the drumming stuff. 
getting better at drums. It was a good escapist kind of way to yeah, go about yeah. it. But my real responsibilities, I was avoiding like a lot of. I ended up like failing all my classes except for one. Um, after just not like showing up, I kind of like just fell apart, you know. And yeah. I was at a, I was at a really rough point. I I didn't do class in the spring, and I, hell, even going to like a therapist and be like, "What is wrong?" Like I had worked so hard for so many years, especially in drum corps, about how to be the most productive, self improvement based human being I can possibly be. And then this happens. Where what's going on? And um, after months, I like it was probably like two months, three months of like the spring semester. I eventually get like this first step of like going to a therapist. And after going to them for a while, I learned that I have um, severe post traumatic stress disorder and other things that go along with it. And it more or less was able to like explain what's wrong and then how I move forward from that. But what I really had to like ask myself was what life choices do I need to do? Like, how am I going to restructure my mind, like self-improve my like mental state to deal with this? Because if I don't deal with this, I have a crossroad now. I could either stay down and then live a life of someone who doesn't didn't finish his degree, doesn't know how to finish his degree at this point with this with this problem and roll with it. You know, not what I wanted to do at all yeah. or really try to tune my brain back uh, to, to being in a functional manner. Like I need to understand myself and mm -hmm. it took a lot. It took, it took a lot, a lot. And at the, at the time that was when the financial situation was getting pretty bad too. So it was just a, a lot of things were just beating me down, beating me down. And it, it took, it just took so many small steps of being honest with myself about so many things. Like, what am I doing right now? Like, do I want to finish my drumline stuff and work on my self-improvement in my mental state? Do I want to just jump back into school and not ever finish this hobby that I started? Like the finances only allow for one. Like who am I going to be and how am I going to make myself do it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, how am yeah, I, how am I going sure. to enable myself to do it? Um, right. How did, I, how did like, you, how did you yeah. come to the, like, did you have, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, oh, but fine, I, yeah. I had like this idea in my head, like, what helped you make your decision? Like, was there a certain thing? A certain or... thing. There was a lot of time I spent in my in my Edith Street basement. I mean, it was the it was a party house for sure. <laughs> but there was a lot of a lot of self improvement going on there with a lot of people. Um, a lot of people just just thinking a whole think tank of like just like how to be better people. How mm. how do we mold ourselves? You know, it wasn't just school. It was just so much more about about ourselves and. When I when I decided to finally like really look inside and like be honest with myself, I decided that drums is one hundred percent the thing that I want my like hobbies to be based around for the rest of my life. Like, it, it's going to be such a big part of me for so long that like I only have so long to do it, and that although school was great and maybe I could have pulled myself together and done just school, I the finances weren't going to weren't going to do it easily. And so why not just put it off? You know. Cause I can go back within 10 years without any repercussions whatsoever. I just start back up whenever. Yeah. And so I kind of like, I, I started taking steps to just like figure out financially how I want to do it. At least put, put school off, finish this whole band thing. At that point I was looking at doing the 2018 summer when I first started this whole process of trying to like balance my life properly. Yeah. Um, that, uh, it just, I don't know, it just, it just kind of went piece by piece. Instead of just attacking it, I, I had to take it piece by piece. And 
if I know anything about piece by piece like approach, you don't learn drums by 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 just throwing all this stuff at at, at, at problems and thinking it's all gonna stick. You have to break things down. You have to you have to really yeah. be honest with yourself. And that was what I wasn't doing with my life. I wasn't being honest with myself. What can I can what can and can I do? Cannot do because for one, the stress level in my body is just at a at a, at a level that is not normal. You know what mm. I mean? Like I'm always yeah. working at a base level of like uneasiness, so I can't I can't handle like too much uncertainty or things just kind of fall apart. Right. <laughs> so I like that that idea of like being honest with yourself. I feel yeah. like it gives you like um. I, it kind of gives you some armor against what you're going to go up against, you know, yeah, like if sure. you, if you really know you can do something or uh -huh. if you really think you can and you're honest about it, then you can do it, you know? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. it's definitely helped me a lot in this recent past. Another but, thing, like I feel too, like being, you have to be honest, like with the world around you at all times. Like the second that you become dis disjointed from like, and not honest about what it, what it is that's where problems start that's where you start having problems with people like your friends if you're not honest with how they feel about something then you're not gonna you're not gonna recognize a problem you're not gonna recognize things that are weird you know like yeah you're not gonna, for sure like if you're not honest with what you're actually doing like is this really what you want to do like the carl sagan quote like is this really what you want to do like Mm. I, I mean, that whole speech i heard that a few times i was in a, in a little logic song i believe i listened to that a lot like I don't know. Just you have to be honest with every situation before you could attack it with the right solution. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah, I learned sure. in Drumline, and what I learned from literally having my life fall to fall apart is that it works for life too. You cannot like fake yourself through what you want to do. I mean, you can, mm. but you're not gonna you're not gonna be doing it right. You know, you're not gonna be, right, not gonna be right. fulfilled by it for sure. So, do you have like a very proud? memorable moment of yourself in like your past hmm overall yeah huh that's a good uh, one well a drum court was the who was how yeah, just just I, like a, a a time where you were like matt Murin, you're a genius or something oh. like that <laughs> or like yes good job matt you killed it hmm that's a good question that's a really good question <laughs> You might have to come back to that later. I'll give yeah, you. I'll give you. A, I'll try to give you a really good answer on that one. I'll try at least <laughs> before I just right. work something out. So, how about the next one? Um, do you have any goals you're trying to work towards right now? My goal is to become an efficient person at, in every way. Hmm. Um, whether that just be with um, my time, with like how I approach my job, like the amount of effort I put in should be seamless. I want to be able to flow through life the correct way at all times you know what i mean efficiency yeah. it's just what what huge. does being efficient with your time mean to you um it would be i guess it would, I, it goes back to being honest really like you mm. like if i'm doing something that i don't want to do then that's inefficient time right i can yeah. well, i can basically like i know that i want to go to school I know I need to have this job for a certain amount of time and being completely honest with myself, like this job will get me to where I want to be. Like if I'm spending more time with like, I hate to say it like this, like, like hanging out with people that don't make me happy. That is inefficient time. Like there, there are people out there. I don't want to spend my time with. There are. That's fair. Yeah. Um, 
jobs that I, I don't feel like you know like you're you aren't worth your time like you're like being honest like it's just really like mm. the best for what i'm doing yeah you that know, makes sense know? yeah like, i i the reason i asked that is because um this past week i i was doing research like a boss like i was just putting in so much time and yeah. the worst part was like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> yeah so what i've been doing is i write down questions in my journal and then I try to answer those questions. And it usually takes me like, takes me so much time just to figure out an answer to that question and yeah. then move on to the next question. And it just felt so inefficient. But something I kept trying to tell myself was like, you know, it's an investment for the future. I'm doing this now. So I don't have to like years down the road yes. or even like months down the road when I really have to stress about it. Like it, this is good for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I, I like. I, I want to be efficient with my time too, but I've I've been trying to like figure out what exactly that means. I feel like a big part of it is the habits you, that we set for ourselves. You know, like yeah, like I, it usually starts that first step, but like being able to make it seem like seamless, and that just takes rep repetition. I really do feel. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Like, if I'm not in the in the like repetition of like getting out of bed at 9 a.m to go study for the next like three hours before a class or like whatever that time ends up being like if i try to like pull it out at the last moment it's just not going to be natural like mm, any kind sure. of like any kind of cramming at the last moment so i guess what it really comes down to is just like jumping into things you know like yeah if you, just yeah if you're not if you're not used to doing it it's going to take a lot longer so you, the more you do it the better you get at it the more efficient it becomes I like yeah. that. Cool. Yeah. Let's do one more question just yeah. for the sake of the, the length of this. Um, well, well, do you have any, like, can you think of a proud moment? <laughs> oh, <laughs> if not, if not, then we can move on to the last question, which I, I like this question too, but proud moment. Yeah. Let me think of a good one. So I love a good one. This is with my dad, actually. Yeah. Um, growing up in my house being a little bit more of a, to a toxic environment, um, I did not get along with my dad because what I wanted to do versus what he thought I needed to do always clashed, right? Like, uh -huh. I was always, I mean, there was evidence I was self-defeating myself with, like, I wasn't doing what I really wanted or I was just not honest, honest with myself. And my dad pointing it out, I would just deny it. Like, a typical teenage thing, you just, yeah. to, like, blow it off on what your parents, because they, they've seen they've seen a lot. He wanted the best for me, too, but I, I didn't know what was the best for myself. Right. I had been gone for, like, three or four years Right. I guess it was three years at that point. I was at school for two years. And then I was with my aunt and uncle doing just lots and lots of work, gaining money for my restaging of like getting out of band and going back to school. For sure. And I, I come back home and I'm there for about a week. And, and at, you know, my, again, my dad and I had not been on good terms for a very, very long time. And he starts talking to me like open, openly about just like how, he sees how I've changed as a person and how I, I've aligned my goals to be what I'm actually doing. Like he was, he had just been like complimenting basically all the work that I had done on myself had like, I didn't need to tell him about it, about it, but he was able to see like who I become. And that, that yeah. really just like, that was the moment where I, I went back to my room. I sat down. I'm like, I did it. I, I, I had, I had restructured my brain and like how I decide <laughs> make my decisions, how I do all these things 
to make it like clear that like whether or not that's what he thinks I should be doing, he knows that I'm doing what I want and and I'm making it happen and I'm yeah. actively doing it. And that was when I known that this mat like it was it was a massive undertaking, dude. I was I was living on fifty dollars a week for food. Like I I did, wasn't getting a job, uh, able to get a job. I was at the rock bottom of rock bottoms with no support <laughs> from my family at all. And I had dude. worked my way up to being self sufficient. I was going moving towards something. It was happening. Yeah, man. That's so baller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's, that's like a really I'd be really proud of that. Yeah, I mean, man. that's that's amazing. Holy crap. All right. So let's let's do one final question. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice to give to your listeners? Yeah. Um, what I would absolutely say, and this is a broad statement, but to, but to really invest that statement into everything. But again, being honest with yourself in every situation. The world is full of problems, but the first step to every problem is seeing for it for what it is and like being honest and seeing for it for what it really is and how to attack it the right way. If any sugarcoating, any misunderstanding, any lacking of looking at the details will lead to the problem not being truly addressed. And mm. that's that's what I have to say about that. If it the whole thing is just looking at it the right way or looking at it the most ways you can to get a quote unquote right way of looking at it yeah that's awesome respect man thank you all thank right you. so thank you for being on the show today and um yeah see you guys next time peace